<laughs> What's going on, guys? Welcome to a brand new episode of Venice Shows. Uh, Ross, welcome to the show, man. <laughs> oh, thanks. That makes me feel like I'm a guest uh, more than the co host, but that's fine. Uh, taking our inner Wolf of Wall Street out on the world. I literally just said, take my lead. Um, Ross, what's the story about how you keep it? Grand man, uh, another, another day in lockdown, you know what I mean? Although, a different day in lockdown. Um, yes. For those of you who are living in Ireland, Ireland have sort of implemented this like five, five phase program and the first phase is today. So I think, today now, correct me if I'm wrong, you can socially distance meet up with people not from your household, up to four people, I think. Yeah. But like, that makes a difference for people. Like, people get to see, you know, family or friends that they haven't got to see in a long time, you know what I mean? And I suppose it's just good news that, you know, the coronavirus, I was looking at that yesterday, I think it was like six new cases and 10 deaths, which is I think it's the lowest it's been since like it started. So we're trending the right direction. Yeah. A lot of people are saying like, this is like a, the conspiracy theories and all. Like, obviously I was watching the Foy Companion on the weekend and the, the, a lot of people, like the lads on the show, like obviously Brendan Schaub and, Eddie Bravo were saying that uh, like this is like they're keeping LA shut down just so Trump doesn't win the election again which is crazy to think but like what's your sort of thoughts on it? I've seen loads of things as a conspiracy theory and I've said yeah but you know what then I've seen like the people who say it's the conspiracy theory I've seen them being like and this is a conspiracy theory and this is a conspiracy theory and just like everything is a conspiracy theory and so um, like what was the other thing it's so funny like someone like Bill Gates right Yet so rich, and then he's like, "I'm gonna create the vaccine." But how people will give me more money? It's like he already has more money than he knows what to do with. I mean, I don't think yeah. he's there trying to create a vaccine to, you know, try and get richer. And also, was Bill Gates not like trying to, you know, make have drinkable water everywhere in the world and do some other things like that? Like, was he actually not just trying to make the planet a bit better? Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Like, I don't think Bill Gates is the root of all evil, which is, like, what, like, some of the conspiracy theories are, are saying. Uh, I know there's another thing about vaccines and stuff like that, and, you know, they're like, oh, they're just trying to make more money to pharmaceutical companies and get a vaccine made and this sort of thing. And, like, I do have some beliefs that, like, maybe you shouldn't get vaccines. Um, not, like, I'm, I'm not, like, extraordinarily strong in those opinions, but at the end of the day, someone's made something and then you're putting that in your body so like it's a bit of a strange thing to do yeah uh, but then do again you like, that, do you think they'll even find a vaccine for this you know what i mean uh, i'm not I convinced don't... i'm not convinced they will like i'll may, maybe in like a year or two's time i'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure it's going to just come back i mean they're going to sort it out i don't know but to, be honest, I'll, to be honest i haven't a clue i obviously have no medical background whatsoever uh but it's not going to the hospital once <laughs> yeah, I did that one time. Uh, look, they took years trying to figure out something to, you know, um, stop AIDS. Um, and I think they more just have they can more control it now more than anything else. Like they haven't solved cancer, so uh, like to be honest, like cancer will be much higher up on my priority list than um the coronavirus. Yeah, I did like over the last while. Like, the first week, I was absolutely shit, man. Like, I was like, mm. I'm going to get it, and I'm going to give it to my whole family. And then, like, as time's gone on, 
It's just like I'm less worried about it. Mm. But also, oh, yeah, oh, how long oh. can you sit worried in your gaff for as well? Like I saw pictures of people on Instagram. They were like having like proper parties mm. in their gaffs or in the back gardens and like like proper sessions. Like, and then um, I was just thinking there, like when you look through Twitter, people giving out about it. I was like, what happens if their next neighbors were like at seventy or eighty? And like absolutely shitting the brick in the gap, mm. and like you're there in the back garden, fucking going mad, like that would be fucked up. Like, yeah, definitely would. I'm surprised no one called the guards, and be honest, just because at the end of the day, like people called the guards and you were having a party non coronavirus times, and yeah. during the coronavirus. Uh, I think one thing that is sort of um, it's sort of along the conspiracy theory vibes is. The media in Ireland keep on telling Ireland like how great they're doing. And they're like, oh, we're doing so good, we're doing so good. But like if you actually look at the numbers, Ireland are like somewhere between 9th and 11th on most deaths in the entire world per million yeah. people in the country. And you were we're talking about this. That good. Yeah. You were talking about this on your own Instagram, weren't you? Yeah, and I was like, we keep on saying that like we're doing great. But then you have to also remember RTE is run by the government. And you also have to look at things like um, the actual government we have in charge at the moment, Fine Gael, is actually they like they got the third most first preference votes in the last election, and your man Simon Harris, who's the minister for uh, health, he actually didn't even get re-elected, and now he's in charge of uh, health. Also, his degree is actually in French and German journalism, so he has no medical background whatsoever. Like uh, yourself. Yeah, and he's in charge of the biggest uh, nationwide health pandemic of all time. Uh, also, Leo Varadkar like got in on like the fifth count. Like he he wasn't even voted like straight back in his own region. Uh, so like we actually have a government running this who weren't elected. Weren't elected, and then on top of that, like <laughs> Leo Varadkar is actually a practicing doctor, and he was like, "I will go back practicing medicine." during this pandemic but that wasn't I'm going back to save the lives that was as a PR stunt and he was you know answering phone calls as a GP for I don't know eight hours once a week because at the end of the day surely as T-Shock you're actually if he spent those eight hours trying to solve other problems it would have been far more beneficial to the country than it would be him answering his phone to people being like what symptoms do you have okay maybe you should get tested maybe you shouldn't yeah I got you yeah well, that's a very good point. So, like, I, I just think we, when we had Steve O'Timothy on, aka Farmer Michael, yeah, shout uh, out to him. He by was the like, way. <clears throat> he was like, oh yeah, well done, actually, yeah, yeah. absolute legend. He's doing, uh, he's paraplegic, if that's the correct term, and he's doing yeah. a cycle, absolute legend. Yeah, he's raised loads of money as well. Yeah, I think like uh, two thousand. And uh, he was like, here, look, you should actually use your voice for your beliefs, and like, I was like, we should probably do that more. And uh, I, I just think that. You know, have the government done well? I think they've done all right. Could they have done better? Absolutely. Um, one of the biggest yeah, but like, scandals. Yeah but, yeah, but like, this is uncharted territory before. Like, they've never done this before. So, you know, yeah, but one trial and error. Everything's yeah, trial. but one one of the biggest scandals out of the whole thing was the Keelings fruit people. Remember that? Yeah, when they brought in a lot of people from Bulgaria, I think. Yeah. Well, it doesn't really matter where they're from, and. Everyone came out and were like, oh, Irish people have been so racist. It had nothing to do with the fact they were foreign. It was the fact that you put 180 people on one airplane when we're supposed to be social distancing. Like, 
absolutely disgraceful. Um, also, the, te- uh, the Keeling family are actually in bed with Fina Gale. Um, <laughs> Simon Coveney, the taunter, aka the second in command to the uh, Taoiseach, actually put the father of the Keeling company on the board of uh, horse racing Ireland. And then I think it was maybe even Leo Varadkar um, put the CEO of the Keeling family on the board via uh, board as well. But like these guys like very much, you know, are friends with each other. Yeah. Uh, so like, I just think those things like need to be highlighted. You know what I mean? Uh, like at the end of the day, we're probably going to have a re-election at some stage. And these guys are like still doing shady moves in the middle of the whole thing. And someone asked me, was like, yeah, but what would you think they should have done better? Well, yeah. How come Conor McGregor, who's an MMA fighter, MMA fighter, was able to get this like top of the range PPE equipment and ship it all over the country, and then we're getting like this gear in from China that's like too small and ineffective that had to be sent back. Oh, I thought like, that was I thought that was the stuff Conor got. No, 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 no. His okay. stuff was like perfect. All right. Well, luckily you brought that up. Yeah. So like, is that not absolutely fucking outrageous? And someone goes, "Yeah, but he hardly ordered it himself." I think they were talking about Simon Harrison, and I was like, yeah, but at the end of the day, the book stops with him. He's the Minister for Health. Uh, there should be some sort of quality checks on place before you order the scare. It was Conor McGregor and Mayfighter. Perfect. And then someone who's supposed to look after the entire health department. Shy. Also, in 2016, Leo Varadkar cut funding for mental health uh, by 40%. And also, when the nurses went on strike to get more money, which I think everyone in the country now uh, would agree, the nurses deserve more money. Um, he actually threatened them with financial action if they if they actually went on strike. There you have it, guys. Uh, that is like sort of the facts about the government, uh, Fine Gael and the HSE. Also, Tony Houlihan, who is like one of the most famous people in the country now, he's the fellow who reads like the coronavirus numbers every day, said to Fine Gael, he was like, I can't go up there and like say, good job to the Keelings. He was like, he was, he was like, that wasn't good. And he had to go up and say that, you know what I mean? So, you know, it's just not right. Yeah. So, as much as the government want to tell you and RTE want to tell you we're doing a great job, we actually probably didn't do that great of a job. Uh, in terms of people dying in the country, we're ninth in the world per population. And like America are down like 25, and everyone say Trump is doing this shite job. You know what I mean? We're actually doing worse than America. But it's great, it's great the way, yeah, but it's interesting to see the way, way the media spins it, isn't it? Yeah. Because it, it, like, if you ask, if you stop 10 people on the street going, who's doing better at the coronavirus uh, treatment, Ireland or America? Everyone go, definitely Ireland. Yeah, after the first while, I sort of just stopped listening to the news. Um, like, obviously, I tuned in for Leo Franker's speeches, but uh, the main thing in my brain was just like, right, stay social distancing, try not to catch anything, and like, try not to harm my family. Because at the moment, mm-hmm. I'm my sister and my dad. And then uh, I have called down to my other house where my mom lives with her boyfriend. But like, first time I didn't even go in. And like, she was like, oh, give me a hug. And I was just like, I actually can't. The second time I went down, I had to go down and try and find my leave. 
<laughs> but like I oh, had to go is, in. By the way, no, I had to go in. I had to go in to sort of like get a new job after this. But uh, I actually ended up on with Junior, sure. But uh, oh, all B's. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah, I'll be pluses. But uh, yeah, it's I did, I did, like after after this gets back to sort of normal or whatever normality there is. Like I've actually almost forgotten what it's like not living like this. It's so fucking strange because like. Oh yeah, like I asked myself there the other day, like, and I was going to write in the WhatsApp group, but the lad is sick of replying to me. I was like, "What would you, what would you actually do differently if everything was lifted tomorrow?" And like, obviously, you'd be like, "Yeah, I would go and um, go to Old Trafford to watch Man U, or else like watch a football match." But like, not many of the lads are coming out anyway to do with that sort of stuff. I mean, obviously, the trips—that's mm. that's a different thing. But like, you can't just jump in a plane and go watch United. Like, well, like, what are what are you actually going to like? What are you looking forward to doing after this, Ross? I think I'm today, is a new, so, today is the beginning of a new block. I think I'm more so like just looking forward to be able to like if I want to drive out to Houth, I have to drive out to Houth and then like not be stopped by a guard and be like, where are you going? It's like, well, I'm going to be shopping in Houth. Yeah. You, know, you know what I mean? And, like, it's one of those things where like I'm just looking for that bit of freedom back. Like, I don't need to be like questioned on every bleeding step I take. You know what I mean? And uh, one thing I, I will like, though, is uh, hopefully people have more respect for people's personal space uh, on, like, public transport and stuff like that. Do you ever be on, like, the bus and, like, someone's, like, rubbing off you? Or, like, I remember one time I was on the dart and, like, I, I had to get off the dart. Some fellow was eating, like, a share-sized bag of Doritos in front of me, just licking his lips. I was like, I was like, no, like, have to leave. Uh, I was like, you're actually, like, revolted. Yeah. Uh, do you ever know, if you eat fruit in the dart, no one bats an eyelid, but you eat a pack of crisps, everyone's like... Loves that flavor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unless you're eating a banana and you're like, Ooh. yeah, you have to bring it up, right? Well, uh, yeah, obviously. Yeah, but did you see the, the video over in London as well? Loads like buses are what, free. What the right clown now. car? Yeah, and everyone getting out of the out of the bus. It's mad, and you know people are sort of going nuts in England over that sort of thing. But at the end of the day, like they've obviously made too many people priority workers, so. Yeah, that's like, just the way it is. like they again, like people say they've done a bad job, they haven't done a great job, but you know, what I mean, they're not too far off of what we're doing. I know it's just so strange. Like, uh, even we went for a walk there the other day and like we couldn't like even shake hands, yeah. And like, it's just, yeah, I mean, like, I haven't shaken a hand in two months. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, it's crazy, but like, people are saying that like people won't shake hands going forward and stuff. I know. That's why even in football matches, pre-match, they like, yeah. shake hands, all that sort of stuff. It's what do you do? Fist bumps? Yeah, maybe, yeah. What are you, what are you looking forward to doing after this, Ross? Because like, obviously this isn't going to last forever because I think I don't think they're going to get a vaccination and I think people are just going to have to go about their time. But, be, but like, look at the way in Japan, people walk around the face max anyway. I think, I think some of that stuff will come into our, like, day-to-day lives some people are just going to do it like older people are just going to do that mm. oh well i think i'm looking forward to going going to a sporting event definitely um look forward to just like hanging out with a few of the lads you know what I mean? like properly hanging out with them without being like someone gonna moan at us now because uh, you know like we're not far enough apart you know what i mean it's just one of those things where it's strange but also being able to walk into town you just walk around town and like that'd be fine. Yeah. You know, the shops being reopened, like getting a takeaway coffee somewhere, being able to sit in with your takeaway coffee if you want. 
um, you know, go out for a meal somewhere, go to the cinema, you know what I mean? Just the normal things that you get to do, the gym being reopened. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you, like, I actually have, I haven't drank in two months now. And like, to be honest, I don't miss it, but I miss the camaraderie you have sitting around with your friends, just talking a bit of shit, like find out what they did that week or what matches coming up. Like, you know I mean? My life was so driven by sport that like, being like, oh, this is on next week. We should all do this for this match, this, that, and the other, and arrange plans and stuff. That's that stuff that I really like. Do miss, you know? I went, went for a cycle there, yeah. went up the hotel, and it was like just such a beautiful day. And like, like we we sort of met up with the lads. We obviously kept the social distance and all that, this, that, and the other. You know what I mean? You don't want to be, especially us doing the show. You don't want people to be like, your yeah, man, that's that's Ross from Energize doing that. But uh, like, it was it, it was probably like a bog standard day, but like. That day itself, I was just like, oh, this was such a good day. Like, you know, like actually meeting people was great. Yeah, of course. Uh, obviously, the football is now back, Barry. The Bundesliga was back on uh, this weekend. Yeah. Obviously, very much highlighted by uh, Borussia Dortmund versus Schalke. That's actually a, a derby game. Uh, Borussia Dortmund gave him an absolute hiding 4-0. Yeah. Um, what did you make... We'll get into the actual game in a sec, but what did you make of you know the pre-match, the way the subs are so social distanced, they're all wearing masks. Uh, also, it was a bit reminiscent of the UFC. Like Joe Rogan standing there, been like shaking everyone's hand, like going around, like basically giving everyone hugs, been like, "We're all clean, so what's the matter?" I'm sitting there watching the football, and everyone's sitting so far apart from each other, wearing masks, and it doesn't make any sense to me because they're all going on the football pitch, tackling each other in five minutes time. I know, and even for the free, for free kicks, people were standing in walls together, like side by side. And as as good as it was to have the football back, I didn't really enjoy it. And I'll tell you why. Just like the fans, the emotion that you can hear, it, it it's like the music in the background. You know, I mean? it's like watching football on silent, and like players like get like like when the when the, like when the fans roar you on, you can feel it in the game and everything. It's way more life to it, you know. Yeah, well, the fans play a massive part in everything, and we've seen the UFC uh, football. I'm actually very interested in a rugby match play with. Um, but I'm not as affected with the UFC not having fans as I was with the football. Well, I think in the UFC it's going to actually be a bit more. I think the rugby will be like the UFC as well. They actually get that insight, as opposed to you're watching German football, so. Even if the players were talking, you couldn't understand them. Yeah, that's the thing. The Premier League, you might actually get a bit, you know, they might speak English, therefore, you'll be able to hear what's going on. That's and you get a new insight. Yeah, I didn't, you see, I don't want to, like, totally be like, no, nah, the Premier League, like, I don't want the Premier League to be like that because I haven't seen it yet. Like, mm. obviously, the German football is different because you can't understand what they're doing for corners, this, that, and the other. I don't know. Right? Yeah, so, like, but the English football... I, I like. I'm gonna have to see it firsthand and then make a response to that. But obviously, I want to see it back. You know, absolutely. Um, that Bruce Dortmund team is actually unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. They really, really are. Not a good young, exciting talent. I think also seeing like Sancho not starting as well. That that was something I was really looking forward to. The amount of videos that have been out about him coming out, come to mm. United, not going to United. It was like I was really looking forward to. It. I was watching some of the football, and then it was just. It was sort of like cause when you see him, when you hear like a movie's coming out, you're like, can't wait to see that. You go and see it, and you're like, oh, that wasn't great. We were actually, we had a chat about them on the phone yesterday, and I was actually like naming all the like 
unbelievable players they have. I actually think I forgot to even say Marco Royce. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I actually dawned on me yesterday because I think I was saying their top three is brilliant. And you were like, oh, who's like, who's their like starting top three? And I was like, well, obviously Sancho, Haaland. And I was like, I think it's Torgan Hazard. But obviously it's Marco Royce. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, he he's their I think he's their captain as well. Yes, he's yeah. been he, he's been there for so long as well. Fair play to him, like such loyalty because like Bayern Munich were definitely sniffing around his boxers at one stage. I think it was because he got injured. Remember, he got injured a couple of times. Yeah. And then when Germany won the World Cup, they actually brought out one of his jerseys and celebrated with it as well, which was a nice touch. But uh, yeah, like we like we may as well talk about the football being back, as you said there. Like like the the Bundesliga is back. Uh, this like everyone was tuning in to see just exactly what it was like if they hadn't mm. if they hadn't already seen the Man U game that was the Europa League game when that was behind closed doors. Um, overall, what you make of it being back, but no fans, because I think that's the most important rather than like Bayern Munich winning or Borussia Dortmund winning. Well, I try to give that game eight out of ten. You know what I mean? Because the standard of football was quite good. Yeah. Um, I was when I was watching before the game kicked off, I was thinking. These Bruce Jordan players are like seriously putting themselves in the shop window for the transfer market. Because when are you ever going to have so many people watching Bruce Jordan play a football game? It's yeah, probably the one of the most watched football games in a very long time. And you know, a few of their players, they, uh, they didn't really, uh, you know, fail to live up to their reputation. Uh, Halland, like, is an absolute sniper. He, I think his stats this year are incredible. It was. 14 goals or 14 games in the Austrian league, 16 goals. I think it was nine games in the Champions League and 10 goals, and then eight games in the Bundesliga and 10 goals. The fella scored more than a goal a game. I'd say his goals per minute ratio, because a lot of them were came on the subs as well. Uh, it's probably about 70 minutes a goal. And he seems to have all the right players around him Julian Brandt, Torgan Hazard, Jaden Sancho. Rafael Guerrero to actually supply him the goods there. Who, who does he remind you of, Ross? I think it's in certain aspects it's almost a bit like Ruben Isseroy. You like you put him in front of the goal and like you have the utmost confidence that he's putting in the back of the net. Yeah, that finish, he's, he's actually, actually he's sort of bigger than Rude is though. He's six for four as well. But he has maybe he's maybe closer to his Latan, but like without the flicks. No, well, like it, I think the Vinicius one's right. I think yeah. like the way he runs is sort of donkey esque. The way Vinicius sort of was. Remember, Vinicius ran from the halfway line against Fulham and just yeah. kept going. Like it, it, he's he is does run like a like Vinicius ran like a horse. He runs like a bit like a donkey. I mean, uh, yeah, that wasn't fast over a long distance. I think uh, uh, I have to agree with you. It's some like you look at Vinicius and you sort of look at him and go, "It's not supposed to work out the way it does for you," and then yeah. it just works out every single time. I always thought Drogba was a bit like that. Like, I felt like people probably hate you for saying it, but like, I thought he wasn't that unbelievable of a footballer, but defenders hated, hated playing against him. He was so awkward. He was big. He was physical. He could hold you off. And obviously, Drogba scored some unbelievable goals. Like, yeah. it's probably hard to say, like, he wasn't that good, but I thought he was as awkward as he was good. Yeah, well, like, I mean, didn't he really only blow up when he was around 25? Yeah, when Mourinho got his hands on him because mm. uh, he wasn't like that sought after in Marseille I think he cost about 15 million pounds well, which was expensive back then as well uh, where, where does Haaland rate against your Kane, Aguero, Lewandowski um, where does he rate amongst those players because they're sort of like 
actual strikers. You know, Messi, Ronaldo sort of like play like versatile roles. Yeah, he he has to be the heir to Lewandowski's throne at Bayern Munich next. Like that's the way they have to see that. Mm. But he seems very driven uh, to to go on to something bigger, maybe a Real Madrid or or like obviously Messi's going to go, so they're going to they're gonna have to change things up. He could go to Barcelona and play down the middle as well. The, the Juventus once Ronaldo leaves, like the options are going to be every, he's going to he's going to have ten teams in mm. from like Did, give it two years, he'd be what twenty one, twenty one, eighteen, yeah, nineteen. So yeah. Do, do you think um, Roy Keane like ruined the chance of ever coming to Man United? Like. You know, like he could go to Man City as well. If whoever's yeah. going to give him the best option, like if you know they're winning trophies, he'll go there. Mm. Someone know? who did disappoint this weekend. Hold on, hold on. Before you go on, before you go on, oh, what? Did, you see, did you see Haaland's interviews post post game? Yeah, he, he was, so he was so abrupt. Yeah, what's that? He does it in nearly all the interviews. What's, what's the story with that? It's, it's, it's almost like a Paul Scholes interview back in the day. No, no, it it's, was, more, uh, it's more arrogant than shy. I don't know. I feel like he doesn't want to actually do the interview, so he, he just like answers whatever it is. Yeah, but it doesn't to get over. So I think rude, though, because it's not like a Zlatan sort of funny. You know? Yeah, I suppose the what the interviewer it's said. It's more the interview, like, the, the interviewer said it was like, oh, so we saw you went down to the wall and you capped the wall. It was like, why did you do that? It was like, why not? He must have had a short fuse. Maybe does maybe that's what makes him so good. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, that's the thing. At, at the end of the day, as long as he's scoring all the goals, I don't give a shit what he says. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're already there to, to listen to his interviews if he's playing shit. Yeah. Yeah. So as long as he bangs in all the goals. Yeah. Um, what else are we gonna say? Someone who didn't impress uh, this weekend, who's highly linked to a move to the Premier League, was Timo Werner. Uh, Leipzig drew one all. What do you think the big hullabaloo is about Timo Werner? Moving to the Premier League, he's very, very strong in link with Liverpool. But Liverpool are going to f- struggle to buy a forward because they know they're not going to start. Yeah, but when you're at a team right now, uh, Leipzig, they're winning nothing, and you're seeing a team they're winning something, and you're like, if you actually are a winner, you can be like, right, I can go there and take their place. Same way, sort of Michael Owens did when he went to Real Madrid. He was like, I don't care that all like Ronaldo, Raul, Marientes, um, someone else is there. I'm, I'm forgetting their name. I don't care that they're. I'm going to get in. I'll get my game. Timo Werner, like realistically, when you when like if he gets in, scores like Mane misses a lot of chances. I know he's probably been their best player this year. Like Firmino doesn't really score at all. So Werner must be sniffing around there, being like, if I do the, the sort of Dog work up front, I could get in there, especially if you like if you're scoring. If you didn't, if the two of us are doing the same job, except I'm scoring 10 goals and you're scoring none, I'm gonna get picked. And then, like Salah, there's so much talk about him gonna will he stay, will he go? Who knows? So, like, a, like someone fresh in there, which could draw them all on, really. And you know, once you go there for a year, maybe two, you, you could leave as well and go back to Bayern. You know, I mean, that mm. I think these German players all have it in their head if they go to Bayern, they'll win the Bundesliga. I, I feel like Timo Werner just hasn't shown up sometimes didn't show up at the World Cup didn't show up on the weekend he was young though he was young though oh I know he's young but Haaland's young and he shows up every every week you know what I mean and at the end of the day like that's the new gold standard like Lewandowski shows up every week and if like Timo Werner I think is more the heir to Lewandowski's throne as in like better chances of Timo Werner end up Bayern Munich than Haaland end up Bayern Munich and I mean they can't like Bayern Munich can't afford any passengers yeah, but like I think every player gets a pass for that because everyone's going to be rusty. 
mm. you know what I mean, going into a game like that. But Bar Highland, but I'm sure he scores goals for breakfast. But uh, yeah, yeah. Well, oh, what's called uh, what did I say? I hasn't respected uh, what's called the defender since the day he was born. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then like obviously Werner has transfers in his head. That's that's what. Yeah, but now's the time about. if you have a, if your transfers in your head. Now's the time you have to shine to you know get that money move. I know, but maybe at the end like of the lot. day, the bigger your transfer fee, the more wages you can ask for. Yeah, well, give give it three, give everyone three games, and then people will be back into it. I mean, this is mm-hmm. technically a preseason. Look at Sancho on the bench as well. Yeah, I say if he wasn't linked with a move, he would have been starting. Yeah, true. Yeah. True. I, I suppose you want to keep the team that you're going to have next year as well. Playing. Yeah, it's just as far as we have, especially with those players happy. Yeah, but especially the way you said with that much talent. Uh, at the moment, moment, Bayern Munich are winning the league with 58 points. Dortmund are coming second with 54 points. And Mucci and Gladbach are coming third with 52. And then Ross said, Orby Leipzig are coming fourth with 51 points. Well, Ross, toy up there. Yeah, I mean, like, after watching that game, are you, like, looking forward to seeing it again? Or are you just like, right, this is just me checking it out for once? Well, I'll definitely keep a closer eye on the German league just because it's so toy up the top as well. You know what I mean? I'll, I'll look up the scores. I'll watch the highlights. I don't know if I'll be watching... Yeah, no, all the games. I don't know if we're watching Wolfsburg versus uh, Stuttgart at the weekend, uh, but I'll definitely keep an eye on it. Um, obviously, if Dortmund play Bayern Munich, I'll definitely be watching that. Or you know, if the top four are playing each other, I'll, I'll, I'll try watch the game where possible. Yeah, I'm sort of the same. I, like I wasn't blown away by it, but um, yeah, I'll keep an eye on it. I think Lewandowski scoring was it twice the weekend? No, once. I think or once. Uh, he went over forty calendar goals or something like that and this is the fifth season where he scored over 40 goals I think only Messi and Ronaldo have done it in five seasons now he's there as well you know back in the day I think 2012 back in the day I think we're, we're not was that he supposed ago. to go to Blackburn or something yeah is that what you are going to say was it yeah yeah I, I saw that yeah but for ages he was doing two year stints at all the clubs wasn't he I'm not entirely sure but mm. man what a career he's had uh, Ross here look Premier League let's talk about it for a sec I was trying to bring it up with the lads um, suppose you're right now like players are back training um, there, there is talk that it's maybe coming back on June the 1st realistically next season they were planning on starting the league year on they usually start on Friday so August been, yeah so it would have been Friday, Friday August the 14th yeah it's the, the week before that which would have been August the 8th no. Okay. Yeah. Joint. Yeah. The the because anyway, the first first. Or, yeah. Yeah. I get you. The set. The, the yeah. 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 So. But, yeah. Okay. So the second, the second or third week in August, they were going to start the Premier League. Yeah. So my point is, do you think they'll get back on June first? And if not, do you think they should just wipe the league and start fresh, the second or third week of August? Oh, the transfer they, window because the transfer window is meant to be open on June first as well. I think they should wipe the slate clean and start again, to be honest. And that's nothing to do with like Liverpool in the league or not. I just think they're not going to get all the games done. I'd rather they have next season started than try and restart it. And as we said earlier, the coronavirus pandemic in England is quite bad. It's much worse than it is in Germany. Therefore, I don't think they'll have uh, the opportunity to really get that job done and get the league complete. Could they get uh, enough games to get relegation and promotion sorted, or relegation and champion sorted? Definitely. But, you know, all the spots, depending on where you finish in the league, um, really do matter financially for each club. 
you see, I know the season's not finished. I know Liverpool are like I think they need two wins to win the league. Well, mm. like if you if you bring players back now, right? Mm. Uh, uh, right. Yeah, oh, well. yeah. So if you bring the Premier League back now, and basically Liverpool almost have the league won. I know loads of players are going to be back from injury, but then if they're playing like three games a week and they're going to overdo it, players are going to get injured like like 100% that's going to happen. And then they're almost getting injured for no reason when they could just start afresh next year. And also these, some of these players might be coming to the end of their contracts. If they're out of injured, say they're out for a year, no one's going to want to buy them as well. It's, you know, so... Yeah, but also three of the Brighton players apparently have the coronavirus and then they can't play. So what happens when your players start to get the coronavirus? Are you going to be like... Oh well, you're just gonna have to play without those players. Because what if, like, you know, Dunk, Duffy, and Webster all got the coronavirus? Like, they're the three starting centre halves for Brighton. You know what I mean, but do you they, have to like call players up from the under twenty ones? Be like, right, you can play. Yeah, that could happen to any team, man. That could happen to Liverpool, yeah. Mane, Salah, and Firmino. Firmino, like, uh, just having a quick chat. They all cough on each other, and then they're out, and then Shakiri's back in the fold. You know, like, I mean, and Arigi, and Arigi, yeah, and, but. Uh, I think the final call is going to be made June first. It's going to be like on or off, or else let the yeah. let the transfers just sort of happen and everyone stay home and then start until starting August fifteenth. And then there's the Champions League as well. Uh, that that I think that's totally not going to happen. Although I'm a bit devastated because I was actually like enjoying the Champions League this year. I know, yeah, and the Europa League as well. Yeah. So yeah. I, I don't know what they're going to do. Um, it'll be interesting. Yeah, but overall. Like obviously the Premier League, then, we're, look, we're looking at. And the then on top League. of that, Man City. Like, do you restart the year? So they play Champions League, or do they not play Champions League? Do Man United get in the Champions League, or do they not get in the Champions League? <laughs> oh, Joe, I actually hate talking about this. That's why we haven't been doing like that many footballs yeah. in this because. Yeah, but I hate hypotheticals. I'm just like, we'll find out the facts, and then we'll let you know. Yeah. You know yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's just interesting to talk about it like once a week, not every day. I mm. feel I feel bad for the football channels that they're, they're just making up these transfers all the time. Mm. You know what I mean? It's just who 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 can we link to who? Mm. Sancho, Grealish, Pogba. I was like, oh, give me a break. But uh, yeah, obviously the Premier League we're looking at the the the, the Bundesliga. So like, I'm sure we're gonna find out soon. Yeah, uh, in terms, all the players aren't even doing social distancing like. Apparently Kyle Walker's been caught twice like going to Sheffield and going somewhere else and like meeting his mom, meeting his sister and then um, Tammy Abraham was like caught out with, on a date with a model and then like Jack Grealish like crashes Land Rover. You know what I mean? It's, like, these players can't even like stay in, inside their mansions for like a few weeks let alone yeah. that do English, the rest of stuff. That English midfielder from Wolves something white give some white maybe. Okay, yeah. He won like the World Cup with the under 17s it was, I think it was with England but he like drove from Wolves down to London to party with like people who were on the wall Greg O'Shea were you there but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, like you see it's weird like it is really weird like these lads like I'm not going to be like feel sorry for the footballers but like these lads have their lives regimented routine every day since probably around, majority of them say around 14, 15, 16 right and like now they have like free time in their hands, and like their meals aren't being made. They're not being told what to do. They're not being told what they're not being told what to do. Mm. They've been in, that's why loads of players once they retire, they're like the routine. Like they, it actually joins them to they hit the dream for go gambling. They go off the rails. But um, like 
these lads now actually have to sort of fend for themselves and um like a lot of them are 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 like oh shit what am i meant to do this and the other and like the mental health is going all over the place uh so like you can sort of feel sorry for them in that way for the ones who who like suffer mm-hmm. with mental health i feel like with mental health you, you could just be like oh i I was feeling depressed just to get out of stuff, you know what I mean? But realistically, under it all, you're like, I'm actually fucking grand. But uh, they're, they're used to like 80,000 people shouting, not 80,000, but like 20 to 30 to 40,000 people shouting at them every week, being around people all the time. So just to exile yourself in a massive gaff, that must fuck you up somehow. Yeah, but you can't feel sorry for these people like in their absolute mansions. Like, I, I, saw, I saw Alison's gaff and yeah. I was like, fucking hell. I was like, Dioka is like a museum, like that's the size of the thing. Yeah, I think, well, I think I tagged in that before I sent that to you where he's thrown the ball into his attic, didn't yeah. I? Yeah, well, like if you think about some of the footballers, like some of them will be happily married, right? Other ones will be like doing the dirt in their eyes, like, like and being like having to have proper conversations with their other halves now and being like, oh mm. shit, you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> like who's Tammy texting you? It's like, oh, uh, Tammy Abraham, like, doesn't he play? <laughs> but like, just like a, a lot of people just like personal mm. stuff is getting messed up like some of these lads are single as well have massive gaffes like Jesse Lingard like I remember they gave a tour of his gaff and like he's never even used the oven so like like yeah some of these people have all this like huge houses and live there by themselves etc you know I hope someone else has used his oven Joe's been brilliant over this period as well Marcus Rashford he's been doing so much stuff online so many zoom calls tweeting loads of people making loads of people's Days like the, the, he's one person. Yeah, I think he's probably. I think he's provided like school lunches for the entire country. Yeah, I'm sure other players have done the same, but he just keeps popping up in my timeline for just mm. doing a lot for the community. It might be because uh, you don't follow J- Jimmy Bullard. He played for uh, Hull. Jimmy Bullard. Is there any any other footballers that stood out for you? No, uh, I'm pretty sure Zlatan donated quite a lot of money towards it. Um, he's been great. I'm sure Ronaldo has like he's like constantly doing that sort of thing. Um, yeah. But look, I'm sure I'm sure there's plenty of them that are are doing their bit. Because Roy Keane said that before about like taking wages and stuff like that, and taking pay cuts. And Roy Keane was like, some people are very very generous, and some people like are not. But like it's irrelevant. Like that's what they're contracted to pay you, so like they should pay you that. Yeah, it is a business. Mm. Um, anything else to say in the football rush because like overall it was good to have it back because that means stuff is getting mm. back to normal but, uh, I think I think I hold off and buying the later housing but uh, no it was it was, it, it was good to see another sport by the UFC back and it was good to see a team sport back where you know you have what 25 people on the pitch if you include the two linesmen and the ref you know what I mean like that's that's fairly good going yeah Prost. Prost. But uh, also, Ross, over the weekend, the UFC was back on. Yeah. Um, before we get into it, Dana White said that there is one happening this Saturday. He said it's definitely going to happen, but like no card has been out, nothing has been announced, and uh, we will keep you up to date with that. I but, think uh, it's supposed to be Tyrone Woodley versus Gilbert Burns' main event. All right. Is there, is there any sort of MMA news, UFC news, that um, you want to talk about before we get into the card, Ross? I well, it sort of does get straight into the card, but I sort of want to look at UFC heavyweight rankings because I think that's what's the hot topic at the moment. Uh, in, over the last few events, you've had um, Fabrizio Verdum 
by Olyanek. You've had obviously Overeem uh, beat Walt Harris, and then you also had Ngannou uh, defeat Rosenstrike. So uh, a lot of the heavyweights have been in action. Uh, ben Rothwell also beat OSP in a heavyweight bout as well. So Chase the heavyweight. Don't mind Chase Sherman. Uh, <laughs> the UFC heavyweight division, you know, it's actually hot as ever right now. And, like, the heavyweights are very, very active. Also, it makes sense for the heavyweights to stay active during the pandemic because at the end of the day, they're, they struggle with the weight cut the least. So we sort of have the division being held up by Daniel Cormier and Steve Miocic. No date has been decided for that. Steve is sort of saying, oh, you know, being a first responder and stuff like that. Like, my gym is closed. Everything's shut down in Cleveland. I'm waiting for it to reopen for that. And that's sort of his excuse. Daniel Cormier is obviously at the UFC uh, most weekends doing his commentary. So, he's ready to rock. Uh, I don't think he fancies Ngannou. Ngannou is like the number one contender. Absolutely undisputed. Some call him the uncrowned champion. Uh, the only thing is, Barry, right? DC is going to fight Stipe. And regardless who wins, both might retire afterwards. I know. So, do you, who do you actually think Nganu should fight for the belt? Because if you look at the rankings here, number three is Curtis Blades. He's knocked him out uh, twice. twice. Junior DeSantos beat him. Uh, Derek Lewis, that was an absolute snooze fest. Rosenstrike, like, you actually ran through him. Volkov, I don't think, is coming off a win. Overeem, he, like, knocked him out of the octagon. Uh, Walt Harris just lost. Olyan Aynuk actually like is not a bad shout, but he actually like recently enough lost to Walt Harris and Overeem. Uh, and then like you sort of go to the lower end of the scale, and like no one's buying a pay per view with the rest of their names like uh, Abdurmakov, Iganov, Saki, uh, Pavlich, and then obviously Verdum has lost Olyan Aynuk. So like, is it going to be Francis Ngannou versus Johnny Bones Jones? The heavyweight belt because John Jones calling him out. I cannot picture John Jones making his debut in the heavyweight division against Francis and Gianni. I don't what like, if it's for the belt though. I know, but I think this whole talk of going up to heavyweight was like, right, I can beat TC and I can beat Miocic. But like the the freight train of Francis and Gianni attacking you with a windmill fucking punches. Uh, <laughs> like for your head the heavyweight debut. I don't I like I, I can see him putting that on the back foot, the back burner for a while, you know? Curtis Blades is actually probably one of the most unlucky heavyweights of all time because he had to fight in Ghana twice. And if it wasn't for a man called Francis Ghana, he'd be the number one contender. <laughs> oh, the, would you like seeing Ghana versus Derek Lewis again? Yeah, but for what? Like, Ghana is now at the top. So yeah, well, you... I'm surprised Ngan- Ngannou only has two fights left on his UFC deal. He said that after his last fight, and I was sort of thinking, why not have him fight again very, very fast? Like Derek Lewis beaten by decision. So I know, yeah, nobody won that in fairness. Like, well, yeah, no one won, but like that makes sense. Or if you want to do an interim title, yeah, but. Like, I don't think the fight could be that boring again. If it was for a title? I'd yeah, and five rounds. Oh, my God, but that could be five rounds. Though. I, don't, I think Ngannou has changed now. I think he's like, I'm going to free train straight away. For the you know, I, I just think over five rounds, um, 
is someone's going to have to do like like the famous Mike Tyson say, um, famous Mike Tyson saying, if you go for the finish, you're not going to win the decision. Yeah. So I'd go. I'd go. I'd, okay, Grand. I'd sum up to that then. I'd take Lewis versus Ngannou for the interim title because yeah. because or else he's just going to be sitting out and like who doesn't want to see Francis Ngannou in the octagon? Yeah, especially. If you give if you if you give five rounds like the the have to get the job done, you know what I mean? Yeah. There we go. I think because like it. that's a retirement fight, DC versus Stipe. I know, I know. Like Stipe said, if he didn't have, have like his eye injury and whatever else, he'd be retired by now anyway himself. Although, like you said before, um, see with Dominic Cruz and Cejudo, and like Dominic Cruz was. Probably could have been like, oh, I was going to retire too. Uh, like we both retire. Whoever, yeah, but whoever wins, the other person's going to be like, oh, I retire too. Yeah. So it'd be interesting that way. I'll I'll, I'll go for that then. I'll go for that. I, I can't see like I don't see the John Jones thing happening until like for the interim title. You know, I think he's like on. He can just hold out and just keep keep winning there in the heavyweight division. You know. I wouldn't Absolutely. be in a rush. if I wouldn't be in a rush if I was John Jones, especially in Ghana, man. That because everyone wants to to see him. Everyone wants to see John Jones get that haymaker. You know? Yeah, <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean. But like, John Jones knows that like he could just put a, like annoy people by not taking it and then just defend his because he doesn't have to move. Also, the more he talks about uh, Israel Adesanya, the more he can stay in that division as well. Yeah, I, I just want to see someone fight. In fairness, Israel Adesanya said he'd fight Stipe. I was like, I'd watch that. You know, I mean, uh, there's something about the heavyweight division where I, I'm looking at and going like, unless it's Ngannou, Derek Lewis, or Rosenstreich, I'm like, hmm, not too sure. And that's the thing, like, who does the Ream come in and fight now? Like, the Ream is... It's so funny, though, the way the rankings work, because... The Ream is ranked number eight at the moment. Obviously, he will move up. That was, the rankings haven't come in since uh, Saturday. And like Junior Santos is ranked number four. And obviously, Ream knocked him out. But Santos lost the last two fights to Blades and Ngannou. So, like, is the Ream going to move the whole way up to number four? I'm not sure, man. I'm not sure. It's Because that, that was a good win at the end of the weekend, but it wasn't overly impressive. Yeah, true. It wasn't. It wouldn't, you know, sort of blow your socks off. And then, like, Rosenstrike, Derek Lewis, you know what I mean? They're five and six. Like, where does the ream go? And, like, does he really, like, leapfrog Rosenstrike straight away? See, the, the heavyweight division is so so much like, I beat him and him, but he beat me, and then he lost him, but then I beat him, and then he beat him, and I lost them. It, like, <laughs> they've all, like, beaten each other. Yeah. If you know what I mean. Yeah. It, 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 one one matchup. Like is like a domino effect to the rest of that division as well, which is uh, which is great. Yeah. Which is great. And then obviously Fabrizio Verdum came in ranked number fifteen. He's newly ranked after UFC two point nine. He'll obviously move up to the division as time goes on with the rankings because I think it's safe to say he's ahead of like Oyeganov and Saki. Definitely, I agree with that. Um, you were talking about oh yeah, Francis and Ganu, by the way. Uh, have you seen him on Mike Tyson's podcast? No, I haven't watched it. It was good. Oh man, so good! It gets so deep. Mike Tyson gets like he's so emotional all the time. Like you can almost trigger Mike Tyson. 
but uh, like obviously you wouldn't want to do that. But like he gets so deep and emotional, and like with Francis and Gano barely even knows what to say at the end because obviously English isn't his first language. But definitely check it out. This it was just before he had that fight there. But uh, yeah, definitely check it out. But um, is is there anything else you want to talk about before we get into the weekend's action? No. Um, well, just one last thing. I just was looking at the re- rankings there, right? Mm. I think the UFC actually have to like take the rankings off these journalists and like why don't they just have ESPN do the rankings like they're on ESPN it would make so much more sense like Glover just like convinced me to be Anthony Smith Anthony Smith's ranked 4 Glover's ranked 8 yeah but the, 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 have they updated the rankings I'm not sure I think they have I'm not I'm not I think, I think they update that, every like, Monday or Tuesday I think it's Wednesday they actually yeah. update but like we'll see when the, those rankings come in whether it's been updated or not, but I'll be very interested to see where they they get ranked. But I think it should almost be more official, if that makes sense. Right. I know people say it is official, but it should be more... The people who are making the rankings need to be held responsible for the rankings. I feel like it's like anonymous posts. Yeah. Like it's, like, it's, like, it's like the a jury. Yeah, like the judges they should be like... Um... Yeah, their face should come up. Yeah. So, uh, speaking of... Judging, do you want to get into this weekend's action? Yeah, go for it. Okay. Yeah. Okay, Ross, we may as well start at the very, very top team. And as you were talking about the heavyweights, Alistair Overeem won on his 40th birthday against Walt Harris. He got a TK on the second round. What's make this one, man? Uh, Overeem always looks so tentative in there now. He always looks like he's terrified of being knocked out. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure he would be. Yeah, Walt Harris caught him with some nice big shots uh, early on in the fight. And Overeem was a like, down I was like that's probably going to be it yeah but you can actually see the difference in class when Overeem got Harris down big head kick and then followed up with a few punches he was so much better on the ground than Harris that Harris was never getting up it was almost like a disappointing finish because it was such sort of timid punches to get the job done although in fairness I wouldn't want to be on the receiving end of them either (laughs) yeah we both, we both going into this fight, we both picked Overeem to win. Uh, we thought that Wal Harris, maybe with the stuff that was going on behind the scenes with his family, that it might play, it might affect him. But mm-hmm. like, at the end of the day, this just turned out to be a, a flip of the coin, didn't it? Yeah, it was who lands heavier and who lands first. Yeah. Then um, in the women's strawweight division, Claudia Gadea won by decision against Angela Hill. Uh, something that this like we have to definitely touch on is don't leave it in the hands of the judges. Uh, Ross, what's your make of this one? I actually hate that phrase, you know what? How come? Uh, well, I just think that, like, the judges should be, like, confident and well-paid that you shouldn't actually be fearful that, like, if it goes to the scorecard, you'll get screwed over. Uh, I don't think anyone was screwed here. I thought it was quite a tight fight. I thought Claudia won round one. I thought she was gassing out round two. Hill took that one. And then round three was tight enough. I probably would have scored for Hill, but I don't think it was, like, the biggest robbery of all time. I know, I like pre fight, I went for, for Claudia. I think you did as well. Yeah. But, um, I thought Angela Hill actually won that fight, to be honest. Yeah, I agree with you. I thought Hill won, but I don't think it was, you know, no one was there with the with the balaclava on. I know, yeah. Like, I, th- I think really if they're only sort of battling for the titles, people tend to cause murder. Big, yeah, that's literally a good, good word. Uh, then but, the federal. Juan, yeah, I was going to say the featherweight division. Yeah, and there was another controversial decision. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, in the featherweight division, Dan Oig, uh, people keep calling him Dan Ige, 
against Edinburgh. Bowser Danoig won by decision. Ross, another one that people would say were quite controversial. Yeah, well, I think this one all came down to who you thought won the second round. I think everyone sort of thinks Barboza won the first round and then uh, Danny Oig, uh won the third round. He got the takedown about halfway through the final round. Uh, I actually thought Barboza won the second round. I thought the most sort of talent shot was he hit him with a big body kick in the second round. And I thought that was enough to get the job done. I thought his clinch work was good in round two. Barboza. But then again, I was also picking Barboza and up for Barboza during the fight. So sometimes I wonder... Am I being too biased in the middle of a fight? Yeah, I was over for Bowser as well. It would be it would be cool to see him get up that featherweight division, maybe take on Max Holloway at some stage. Would be mm-hmm. cool. But uh, Dan Oig, he was so serious hard on him as well in there. He wasn't giving up. So does Barboza stay in that division now? Or what do you think? I think he does. I think you sort of get a free pass at your first weight cut, and I think he'll, he'll go again. It'll be interesting to see, does he actually get in the rankings on sort of I'm Name honest. recognition alone, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, you sort of have to look and go, Barbosa's class. That's another thing, right? I know I don't want to go back into the rankings. But, Tyra Woodley, like, knocked out, or, well, he didn't knock out, but he's ranked number 15. And Dominic Reyes was ranked 15 before this. Obviously, Gaethje winning the title, sort of, you know, puts, he has to be in the rankings, right? But Dominic Reyes, like, lost a split decision to John Jones. And he's not ranked in the pound for pound rankings. But if, like, you basically almost got a draw and some people thought you won against the pound for pound number one. Should you not actually be pound for pound number two? <laughs> Fortunately, this, is, we, this isn't our problem to sort out, but it, yeah. it is something we like to discuss. Um, Ross, also in the middleweight division, Joseph, uh, Christoph Jocko defeated Eric Andrews by decision. Um, what did you make of this fight and also was it, did, did you think the fight was as impressive as Jocko's celebration no Jocko's breakdancing is top of the range uh, I think he's up there with Derek Brunson I think it was most wins in uh, the current active middleweight roster I, I like Jocko I think he's very solid middleweight um, he sort of gets the job done I think the thing with Jocko was could he you know break down the barrier of cracking those guys in the top Good 10. Go pull them, breaking it down. Yeah, so who would I like to see Jocko against next? Maybe throw him in there with Derek Brunson, see how he gets on there. Um, it would be a fun scrap. Obviously, Brunson's going to try and wrestle him. And I would like to see him, you know, sort of fight out for, you know, most wins in the current middleweight active roster. Yeah. I think Jocko, like you can see, he was way more of a mixed martial artist than Eric Anders, and that mm-hmm. sort of that got him the decision. Then uh, in the featherweight division, Young uh, Song Yadong, who did fight, even though people thought uh, Roy Faber was going to step in instead, he defeated Marlon Vera by decision. A lot of people had this for Vera as well, Ross. I actually thought it was uh, this was less of a robbery. I think Vera just kicked up enough of a fuss to make people go, actually, maybe he won. But I thought uh, Song won round one and two. I thought Vera won round three. We just thought maybe round three was the most decisive round for Vera. And I always think that's a thing. Like when you read decisive win the third round of the fight, people go, oh, well, in sort of street rules, this fight, if they fought forever, yeah. Vera <laughs> probably would have won. Yeah, the, a lot of people had that with the Diaz-McGregor 2 fight as well. Yeah, and also Amanda Nunes versus Shevchenko as well. Yeah. 
then Ross in the welterweight division, Matt Brown lost to Miguel Beza. Uh, man, this was, was a scrap. This was a brilliant comeback from Miguel Beza, but uh, Matt Brown sort of came across as if his chin was sort of gone. But I think his chin has been gone for a while. Uh, he's been caught with a lot of stuff. But like Matt Brown is so aggressive. I love it. He comes out and he's swinging. But look, great finish, great uh, left hook, and that's all she wrote. I think once you see Matt Brown get dropped, you're like, that's it, game over. Yeah. Uh, then in the middleweight division, two Dana White Contender Series veterans, you could say, even though it's not out mm-hmm. that long. Uh, Anthony Hernandez lost to Kevin Holland. Um, in 39 seconds, man, Kevin Holland is vicious. Yeah, see, he said he's going to drop down to welterweight after this. He's six foot three. He he a, there. He, he's like skinny as anything anyway. Yeah, well, he says he's going to do it, so... <laughs> Twig boy. <laughs> um, then uh, in the featherweight division, Giga Kikadze, the Georgian bloke. Ghost. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what else? What was the G? Uh, defeater Irwin Riviera. Irwin Riviera came in a short notice. Uh, Giga Kikadze, he looked very, very impressive. Very big for mm. a featherweight. Maybe because Irwin was so small, but uh, man, he, him against another standout fighter would be a great watch. Yeah, absolutely. And who knows, he might actually fight Nate Landwehr, who just uh, beat Darren Elkins. That'd be yeah. a good fight. Why yeah. not? Like, also, timing-wise, it works. He absolutely bloodied up Darren Elkins. But yeah. I don't know how much praise you should get for that, because I feel like if, like, you know, my son Theo punched Darren Elkins in the face, he'd bleed everywhere. Yeah, that, that's the fight, exactly. That, that was the one just before that. In the featherweight division, Darren Elkins lost the decision against Nate Landwehr. Ross, I know the blood was everywhere in this one. Very, very gruesome. But um, do you think the right person won by decision? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I thought um, the damage did well in round one. But like as the fight went on, Lamweir actually had like the gas tank to go with Elkins. And I always think that was Elkins' thing. Like he had a better gas tank than most people. But the damage got damaged badly in this fight. He did. Yeah, throughout the fight, um, Bisping kept saying. That, like saying the word damage and I was just like <laughs> you wouldn't you apart from using that word probably trying to use a different one you know it's like yeah. oh he's rocked or hurt but uh, yeah that was, that, was, that was a brilliant fight to watch uh, but, but, like very gruesome for uh, like uh, uh, a lot of people were eating their food while watching that uh, Courtney Casey also won the flyweight division against Maria, yeah. Maria Barella first she, ever armbar in the flyweight division history yes. women's flyweight division so fair play to her she got a fight bonus for that one as well. And then Rodrigo Nascimento Ferreira defeated Dante Mays in second round by submission. In the I didn't see this fight, so... Oh, I actually missed that one as well. But, um, Ross, that, that wraps up the three days, uh, three, three events in a week in mm. Florida. There is meant to be an event on this weekend, but we won't know until later on in the week. I would have almost said it was an overload, but like we were like so like spared of MMA for so long. I was like... I'll take it. Although I almost wouldn't like liked it to be a flip, as in like UFC two forty nine was this Saturday, and you sort of had two like mediocre cards, and then you had the big one. But yeah. I felt like we were blessed with such a good card that like uh, it really dampened my interest in the other cards. Yeah, yeah. The, the, uh, hopefully it is back this week as well. I like having. Yeah, but like it time. was like you had the main course on the dessert first, and then you were like, oh, here, here's two, two starters from last week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, 
obviously, obviously, if the next card is UC two fifty, we're we're gonna have we're gonna have someone else on the show as well to break that down as well. Hopefully, if there's a fight card this week, we'll get someone else on the show. But um, what did you make of the last week of action, Ross? Overall, before we end the show. Um. To be honest, it's just great to see UFC back. They seem to be doing great steps in terms of guidelines and stuff like that. Um, I thought the fights were really, really good, especially UFC 249. And fair play to UFC for sort of setting the standard. Exactly. I saw that, like, don't show me in the, bo- the boxing scene, like, all the top boxers don't really fight each other and then people's records get patented. But then when you look at the way Dana, Roy- Dana White runs things in the UFC... Is the best one, the best, and uh, the, I think after this week, I think mixed martial arts, especially UFC, is just above boxing now. You know, because like who could boxing put on right now that everyone would be intrigued by, bar the heavyweights fight? Yeah, well, there's not, not intri- more than intrigued. Sorry, like, yeah. as, in, like, as in like if UFC two fifty was on, and you couldn't put like any heavyweight fight on in boxing. What? Maybe you did. Maybe you did Canelo Triple G three, like that would be something. I would be like brilliant. Uh, there's, there's a few ones that like you know Errol Spence fighting or you know Manny Pacquiao fighting that I'd be like yeah great but like very few and far between you know what I mean Mike Tyson against Vander Holyfield tree Chance I don't actually see that fight <laughs> or actually don't, you know what it is I've seen Vander Holyfield do interviews and I actually just don't like him like as of late if that makes sense he's so uninterested in them and it's like why'd you agree to do them in the first place yeah, I think he's very, very punch drunk, and like, yeah, you know, a lot of his kids are like they're called like Evander, Evanda, Evando, Evandi, like they, like they're all Evander something. You mean Ivan? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just yeah, check it out. I think he has like nine kids as well. well Ross, <laughs> no. Ross, that's what it wraps up the show. Yeah, um, it went on a lot longer than I expected, but that's yeah, but it was a great show. Yeah, well, like I think the audio version I'm gonna put it out full. And yeah. then for, for the videos, I think I'll chop it into COVID, football, and MMA. I think that's brilliant. Yeah, why not? Yeah. So, ladies and gents, myself and Ross are on the rocky road to a thousand subscribers on YouTube. If you're watching this on YouTube, uh, or if you're on Spotify, make sure to subscribe because we're nearly on 300 there. Uh, sub, sub. Yeah, sub, we sub. really appreciate if you subscribe because once it gets a certain amount of numbers, we can then actually get bigger people and better people on, even though we've had like some very big names on anyway just be sound and subscribe will you yeah it's free it's free well Ross this is good uh, we'll have to do it again later on the week if there is another MMA event or, yeah. and I think we might have an interview on this week as well we'll see what the situation is with that but uh, it's good to be back hope people are staying safe anything else no uh, I'll just uh, reiterate what you said if you haven't subscribed make sure you subscribe because it means a lot to us and it means nothing to you so <laughs> thanks a million And as always, stay stay energized. energized.